0: Computers. This is Intelligent
1: Performance. Welcome to the Intelligent Performance podcast. Thanks for joining us. And today we welcome Ben Smith, an extraordinary young man who's taken his army experience, his mental health challenges, and his love for the gym and turned it into how to help people optimize their health and wellness. We're going to dive into how he helps musicians these days go on these incredible tours around the world and be able to keep performing on a consistent basis. We're going to look at rituals, cold exposure, and the importance of just even getting up and moving, and then what you can do in your life to level up your performance health and wellness as the kind of foundation. So it is a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to dive straight in. Where I'd love to start is what's your take on intelligent performance?
0: Yeah, you're throwing out the hard-hitting questions right away, huh? I think that intelligent performance is is getting really clear about the things that you say that you want or the direction that you'd like to continue in, whether that's professionally, personally, relationally. You know, in my context, your your health and wellness. Uh, getting really clear about what it is that you want, and then taking the next right, manageable steps in the direction of that thing, of that future. I think there's a really key component to being intelligent with your your work, your time, and your effort, and in, in finding the most sustainable means of achieve, achieving whatever your objective is. So it's not only getting really clear, but it's also like outlining a way to get there.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so you've had a really interesting journey, you know, military backgrounds, a real yeah. strong focus, health and wellness due to some, you know, some big mental challenges or personal challenges. Yeah. But I think you can certainly touch on those. In terms of, you know, you focus on these days is being that kind of health and wellness advisor, if I, if I could put it like that. To yeah. these touring touring musicians, yeah, okay, musicians. So I've often wondered how the hell Harry Styles gets up every day and like <laughs> sings his lungs out, <laughs> yeah, and then does it all over again. Or, or you know, Sheeran. I see his like unbelievable touring thing. So yeah. tell us about that world, like in terms of like yeah, health and wellness, where these musicians aren't necessarily. They're not finely tuned athletes. These are people who are passionate about, you know, they're, they're musos that typically yeah. there's a kind of persona which relates to that. So, how do you yeah. bring that into perhaps people who it hasn't been a focus or that it's kind of like on their radar, maybe?
0: Yeah, I think there's just more awareness in the space that like the old way of touring just isn't sustainable. I mean, there are outliers, of course. You've got like the Rolling Stones touring into their, you know, 70s and 80s or like, you know, other groups that are still out on the road well past their prime. But by and large, most groups aren't able to sustain this like party lifestyle for much longer than a couple of years. And, you know, it's a disservice to the fans. It's a disservice to them and their craft. And and I'm very lucky that, uh, you know, I was introduced to people who were really, really interested in not only, you know, improving their ability to deliver a a high caliber music performance every night, but also just improve their wellness. You talked about, like you said, you know, not they're not athletes, but like I would argue that like they are. You know, like I talked about, Mm. we're both, we're both in the military and, uh, you know, soldiers first, but we're athletes in that world as well. Even though we're not being like, you know, paid to shoot a basketball into a hoop or like kick a soccer ball, uh, you know, the context of the work might not be sport, but like there's a high level of athleticism required to participate. And I would argue that that is the case for, you know, most musicians, if you think of a vocalist, there's requirements that like, I can't meet, (laughs) you know? You know, my, my cardiovascular health probably isn't to the level that it might be required to to do a two or three hour live performance. I work with rock musicians in the electronic space. And so we've got drummers, we've got keyboardists, we've got, you know, vocalists, guitarists, you know, the whole gamut. And it's been really interesting for me to watch not only the development with the people that I work with, but the development in the space as a whole. There's like a new order or a new, you know, momentum in the direction of of touring and and using touring as an opportunity to improve. I think in awesome. past years or, or previously, touring was like this this like black mark on your yeah. on your health. It's like we're gonna go on tour and we're gonna like see if we make it out alive at the end. <laughs> yeah. But, but now we, term, right? yeah. Oh, I yeah I mean well, there's also an aspect to the work that I do where so i I don't drink or use drugs anymore. I got sober a couple of years ago, huh. and everybody that I, everybody that I work with at the moment is sober curious I would say for lack of a better term, but they're either sober themselves or interested in learning how to tour in in a sober way, and that's purely from the the sustainability side, just to be interested in doing this long term mm. and uh there's this thing that I do with the people that I work with. And it's like having a a guiding light, or we call it the aim. But together, we come up with a a sentence or a mantra or something that can guide us. And and for a lot of people that I work with, the sentence is, does this make the show better? And so everything that we do, and this could apply to any, does this do, does this make the, the operating system better? Does this make the relationship better? Does this make the cake better, like whatever it is. And, and for, for the guys that I work with, uh, you know, everything that we do, every decision we make is like run through this. Does this make the show better test? And if it doesn't, then we don't do it. And that's just a pretty cool way for all us, everyone to have buy-in and be aligned. And like, you know, it could be like, do we get more sleep tonight? Do we train early in the morning? Do we get more sleep? And it's like, well, what makes the show better? And like, oftentimes it's like, you know, getting more sleep, mm-hmm. um, but like, that's a, that's just a, a fun way for us to like all be aligned on how we're going to approach not only our training but also the work that we do you know outside of the gym
1: yeah and i think it really really comes back to so what we what we are passionate about in terms of intelligent performance right is is that there is a lot of people when you think about performances about go 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 and i think a lot of people and i and i you know i think the gym this morning and and i and i think about you know it's really tempting to really push 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 and i'm kind of Feeling you in the gym scene. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get yeah. massive, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I've been trying for um, 25 years and
0: I like, haven't gotten there yet. <laughs>
1: and, I'm, and I'm like, how do I, you know, I'm really excited. So motivated. Beginning, like, yeah. you know, So there's a lot intelligent performance. So really like, that's a, often an unintelligent way to go about things, like Like binging yeah. almost or going. So for sure from a, How do you kind of instill sustainability in training? Because that's that's essentially what we're talking about here, right? How how do you kind of kind of talk people back from the edge of 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 putting themselves into a damage, rather, and then finding that 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 rhythm?
0: Yeah. Well, your situation is not unique. You know, most people that are are new or like beginning a journey in any domain, not just fitness, but they're like, oh, I need to do everything all at once. Yeah. And uh, I often talk about how the the results that you achieve are only as sustainable as the means by which you achieve them. And so like if the if the way that you're getting to whatever your end state is is not sustainable, then I can almost guarantee you that the result that you've gotten will not be sustainable. You know, people who do a crash diet or like, you know, totally adjust the way that they approach their fitness, you know, they might see some, some pretty immediate results. But like I I think that understanding that this is a long-term uh, I don't know if you're familiar with infinite and finite games. I'm assuming that you are, but I will yeah. I will talk about them. Fantastic book, if any of your listeners would like to read it. But it talks about there are two types of games. One is a finite game. Uh, and there are some characteristics of these types of games where the, the rules are defined and the people participating understand the rules. Both sides know that they are participating in the game and they know who the other team is. And then there is a clear winner. And there are a certain set of outcomes that would determine someone a winner and someone not a winner and that's a finite game and there's these other games called infinite games where the rules aren't really clearly defined there are rules but there are also things that we don't understand about the game the teams don't know that they're playing like anyone can participate and there is no clear set of outcomes that would determine anyone a winner like there is no objective winner in the end and a lot of people apply the rules of a finite game to an infinite game and things that are infinite games would be like business or like technological evolution or like relationship or, or yeah. even your fitness journey. And so what I try and instill in people is first that like the goal of the infinite game or the goal of your fitness journey is to continue playing the game. Like there isn't an end. There isn't a, you don't get to stop this game. And when people, when people can understand that and internalize that and be like, okay, cool. I'm just like signing up to do this thing forever. There's a really cool perspective shift. And it kind of changes the urgency to achieve the result like immediately. Mm. It's like, oh, no, th- I have the rest of my life mm. to get there. So I don't need to like blow it out of the water. And I'm very lucky that I've done everything wrong. In the gym and so i use a lot of my lived experience to like you know share with the people that i work with intimately like hey look i've done the same thing that you're doing and it didn't serve me so like maybe let's work together on developing a solution that will serve you i think another really important piece for people who are new on their wellness journey or or adding more things into their wellness practice is that the but for the most part your life won't change to fit the new protocol but you must you need to develop A protocol to fit the way that you currently live. If you're interested in like, keep making it, if sustainability is the aim. And so, like, it's really hard. It's really hard for you, Michael, to just like become a different person to meet the needs of this new fitness practice. But if you Mm -hmm. can slowly introduce a new fitness practice or new wellness things into the life that you already live, then like maybe there's a happy medium. And over time, you start to like, you know, become more of that person than, than if you just make that immediate switch. And I think that's a cool thing and having a coach is really valuable for that too because they're able to be like this objective reference point and be like hey look like you don't have to do it all right now we can take yeah, one yeah. step at a t- one step at a time
1: so which is interesting right came to mind is rehab it's trying to like yeah. and i'm not very familiar with rehab but it just kind of yeah it seems like it's a okay you, just, you, know, you cut yourself out of your life you thrown into a whole different scenario and then um we've got some family members who've done it and i haven't Asked in detail, but then then they're just kind of thrown back out of their life, and it's kind of like, oh, guess what? It doesn't really work. So it's so just talk from a muso perspective. So yeah, you got this rock band You know, I used to have some tenants who were in the rock band, and they were they were great fun, but yeah, weren't exactly picture of health, should we say? Yeah, (laughs) so so they they coming to you when they've they've hit the limit, like they've partied too hard and they've done a tour and they're realizing they've still got 30 shows to go and they're in a bad place. Like, is that, is that how they're finding you or, or is it? By, find- by and large. Yeah. By and large, yeah.
0: the, the process is they try touring the way that they want to tour. They realize that like, Oh my God, this can't last forever. And then <laughs> I have just like become the guy that comes in it's like hey look there's a different way i'm not no. saying it's better i'm just saying it's different and it'll keep you touring for a lot longer and so yeah so i work with one group like almost exclusively i tour with one one group and like i said we tour sober it's just like a thing that we've adopted and it's been really really good for us and so i do a little bit of sober companionship work with them i run the training i do we like you know coordinate food for everybody and then we do a lot of breath work, mindset work, cold exposure work, a lot of stuff just to keep us grounded, centered, and present in the work. I think that. Uh,
1: so, talk us through that, first, and just break those yeah. down. If we can a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, your what would you say you kind of like your foundation is, right? And these, these are people who, as you say, I look. Like, I actually completely agree. They are like an athlete from a mindset perspective because they're yeah. they're dealing with continuous performance, where yeah. humans emotionally we are all over the shop. One day we feel like it, next day whatever you know there's a level
0: of specialization a level of special specialization that you would see in an athlete or a high level athlete yeah you also see in a musician and there's a lot of carryover if you look at like an athlete during their season they're traveling from city to city they're playing you know game after game after game multiple night across different time zones for me i think the most important part of the work that i do is the team building aspect and so like Separate from you know musicians specifically, the group I work with has three members. I've worked with other artists that have two members. I've done larger with seven or eight, and then even like solo apps. Uh, and even then, the for me as the coach, and this might be not explicitly relayed to the client. You know, they're like they're still under the impression that like oh this is just to keep me healthy and, and doing you know better on stage. But like I look at it from the you know my military background or my lifetime of teen sports. I'm like oh this is a team building activity, and the more that we can share. In experience, whether that's struggle, or something that's euphoric, or anything in between, the more experience we can share, and the more awareness we can have, or the more empathy we can have for the other members of our team, the better chance we stand at delivering the best possible performance night after night after night. And so all most of my work is just about like getting everybody in the same room together, sharing in an experience, and then giving them the space to like, go out and do their work. Just, and so, so, so about,
1: every day go ahead you, so you're talking about cold you i'm gonna pick on cold therapy because that's what i'm yeah. i think i'm i think i'm familiar with but maybe yeah. i'm not so yeah this is so you're talking about getting all them all of them in an ice bath together something something like that or what does that look like yeah so we have so i'm obsessed with rituals <laughs> i'm i'm the most
0: ADA, i'm the most adhd person that i know Uh, But something that has been incredibly valuable to me is ritualizing all of the most important parts of my day. So like my wake up is ritualized. I have a practice where I do a little bit of breath work. I do some journaling. I do a dip. I don't know if you can see it. The ocean is like 100 yards that way. Oh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> I go get in the ocean and then I go meet some people for coffee and we talk about our feelings and then we go do training. I have a, I have a gym just on the roof outside and, and and it's ritualized. And then my workflow, my my daily workflow is also ritualized. There's a step action that gets me into like this this creative space where I'm able to do my work effectively. Then I have the same type of thing for my like the end of my day. And so we just implemented similar practices with with the guys. And so our mornings look very much the same. Our our training time looks very much the same, even though the context of the training might be different day to day. And then our show pre, during and post show is identical almost all the time. You can imagine like traveling from city to city, playing in a different venue in a different time zone. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of moving parts. and I'm looking to create regularity as often as I can because that's calming. Okay. Um, and so and so for the less um, the less I can get them thinking about the fact that things might be different, the better off they'll be. Like it's basically like an energy saving technique. Like they, if they know that like an hour before show we're gonna do a certain thing, then like they can just turn their brain off, show up, and we and we do that thing. So after every performance, we have uh, an ice bath set up. There's six of us usually that go through. So we all gather together, we do a little breath work, intention setting, some gratitude. We go in generally the same order every single time. The three band guys, our creative director, and then I usually go go last, and we all stay in there and we support one another. And then after the ice bath, we end with like a family meal. So we usually eat a family meal together, and this is you know at like two in the morning after after a show, and then we eat our family meal, and then after that we'll head back to wherever the lodging is, or or we'll travel to the next city or like whatever that might be. But it's just to create a little bit of regularity to create like this family atmosphere. I'm very lucky that these guys have been together since they were teenagers, and they. Uh-huh. They are family, but, you know, I've only been there for like five years. So like, you know, the new addition. but it's been really special and the ice, there's layers to it, right? So like we travel and we, and we train and we perform. And so there's a level of like recovery that the ice is valuable for, like, you know, physiologically there's muscle recovery that's happening. Mm. But Then even more than that, there's like, uh, you know, dopamine and norepinephrine and adrenaline and all these cool neuro transmitters that are you know being activated and so there's like a cognitive you know benefit that's happening there and then even Mm -hmm. further than that there's a psychological benefit where they're like doing something hard when they probably don't want to do something hard and they're doing it with their friends and like you know there's all these layers and it's just been a really incredible tool and i said you know before we started recording that like my work is just me healing myself and i just invite other people to participate with me Um, i went through a mental health struggle in 2018 into 2019. And for me, breath work and cold exposure saved my life. And mm-hmm. so now, regardless of the gravity of their situation, like not everyone I work with is suicidal, but like I know for sure that there are positive, you know, outcomes of getting yourself cold more regularly than you don't, you know.
1: And so, just from a purely practical, like, yeah, to touring around, like, you got, have you got like a mobile tub yeah. that you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we take a hundred,
0: we take a hundred, we take a hundred gallon. Rubbermaid tub with us everywhere we go, and wow. then we source source ice from this. We do about two hundred pounds of ice, and we source the ice from the venues, and then fill it up. Like while they're on while they're on stage, the production manager and I will fill up the tub, and then when they come off, we have like a we usually set up a room. So I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Pollan, but. No. uh uh he writes a lot about like psychedelic use, LSD, and, and psilocybin. And he talks about these two things, set and setting. The set would be like the mindset that you have going into the experience. And this is he's talking about drug use, but like we could talk about the cold tub in the same way. Like the mindset is 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 50% of the equation. And then the setting or like the external environment is the other 50%. And so my goal is to create a setting that induces a really special experience for them. So we like set the lighting. We like usually bring plants in. We have some incense burning. We play music. Uh, it's a really special thing. And for us, it's an opportunity to downregulate before a night of restful sleep.
1: Okay, cool. So, so perf- from a performance perspective, there's the yeah, the on the stage. There's behind the scenes. Means yeah. How do the venues respond? Like, are they used to these kind of, I don't know if you'd call it quirky. Like, is it that?
0: It's quirky. Yeah, okay. And since it's novel, so it's novel, the industry. And so every venue is like, you're doing what? You need how many pounds of ice? Yeah. And what's been really, what's been so cool to see is five years ago, nobody was doing it. And now they're like, oh, yeah, you, you and, and all these other guys are doing ice baths now. And we, we you know, visit the same venues a couple like, you know, every couple of years, we're back in the same cities or like, you know, yearly, we're back in the same cities. And it's fun to interact with the same people, you know, two or three years removed. And they're like, oh, yeah, now everybody's doing ice and everybody's doing breath work and everybody's doing meditation. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, yeah, it's so cool. And like, you know, maybe for the listener, you know, if you're not a musician, there are ways to incorporate these really incredible practices into your life. In, in a very accessible way. And like, mm-hmm. so I look at it, you know, there's a couple different domains, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness. And it's like, I think that the gateway into the others is your physical health. So if you need a place to start, physical fitness is a really incredible place to start. You want to get mm-hmm. out of your thinking head and into your feeling body, like go sweat a little bit, get your heart rate mm-hmm. up, start breathing a little heavy. And then from there, you can start to explore how breath might impact your mental state or even how cold, you know, might be valuable to you. And there's, you know, these are all like low cost, low or no cost. You know, go out to a field, do a couple sprints, set your shower to cold, you know, take an extra three minutes at the beginning of your day and do a couple of deep breaths. You're already like miles ahead of your peers yeah. who aren't doing those things.
1: And one thing I've I noticed, you know, in doing some research on you was the minimum effective dosage concept, which I actually I think people don't think about enough. Like we often yeah. think, of, I'm trying to do more it's it's almost like the lazy man lazy the lazy approach but it's it's often frowned upon but really it's actually a very powerful question and again links right back to intelligent performances what's the minimum but yet the effective amount so if i'm trying to uh, you know climb a mountain or you know tour for 300 days or whatever then um then what's the minimum i need to do to produce a result because that then in in turn becomes the most kind of optimized outcome right so how do you why is that such, why is that resonate so heavily with you?
0: Yeah, well, I think for, you know, my background is military and yours the same. It's like more is better. The answer is always more. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. struggling in this domain or I like need to figure this other thing out. Well, it's like do more and do more faster and then don't come back to me until you've done more and gotten the answer. And like, I think there's layers to it. Similar to the ice bath, how there's like different layers of benefit. It's like, okay, in one hand, like more is just an excuse to not really focus on what the problem is, or what the what will actually drive results. But then in turn, it's like, okay, if I admit that, like, more is just more and better is better, then that's like, okay, I don't have to be decisive and and determine what I actually need to do with my time. And I need to try really hard in the direction of, of that thing. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm trying to get bigger and stronger and faster. And like, again, I've done all the wrong things. It's like, okay, I'll just do them all at the same time. And as I've learned, and as I've aged, and as that my body has like started to fall apart, I'm like, okay, there are a couple principles that I probably need to keep implementing for the rest of my life. But all this other stuff, it's not really me getting me any closer to what I say I want. So like, I'm just going to discard it. And to your point about being more intelligent, like I think the most intelligent people I know, are the best at deciding first and then just acting second mm. and so it's like i'm going to decide what's important to me and then i'm just going to like act
1: or execute and particularly if you can do that free from the noise of the mass masses no- yeah because what well, in the mass
0: and for the most part the mass is going to tell you
1: that you're wrong yeah 100%. if you want results if you want results that
0: aren't common yeah then like you're going to have to do things that the common person isn't going to do All Right. or you know and it, that doesn't have to be like a scary thing like from my perspective it's like okay everyone i start working with is like i need to train two hours a day seven days a week and i need to like be really unhappy with my fitness and i need to be like upset all the time i need to stop eating food i need to do and i'm like yo no we can train three times a week for 40 minutes you can eat all the foods that you want to eat we just have to be a little bit more intentional with how we do everything and i think you know it's the interplay of quality and quantity Mm -hmm. and just understanding that like quality is really really important for your training yeah and then in terms of your food it's the same you know quality over quantity and then if you can just make sure that you do something for long enough like the people who are successful are the ones who just never stopped and then you're good
1: yeah and it's it. yeah it's like the power of yeah yeah there is not it's not a linear equation in fact our performance is almost like very bell curvy right it's like yeah. and on the high end it can rapidly fall away which for is for sure uh, And as soon as I'm just thinking about injury, right, that that can be, that's ultimately a a real demonstration of, yeah, can stop performance and can really, it's almost like an epitome or the opposite of minimum effective dosage, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's like if you want to continue to make progress and progress varies as you age or as you learn more or like whatever it is, but like Mm. if the goal is progress, then you can't have a catastrophic failure. Yeah. And so not that we're playing like not to lose, like we're not playing like that's not the mindset. It's not like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. But it's like, OK, no, I'm going to be in control of how I execute this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trial and error on my end as the coach. And this, is, I, all, and this is like a sales pitch for me, you know, as the coach. But I'm always like, look for a mentor, look for mm-hmm. someone who's done the thing that you need to do or has experience in a field that's similar to the thing that you're trying to do and leverage their lived experience because mm-hmm. they'll tell you they'll tell you what not to do if they've got your best interests at heart.
1: Yeah, it's certainly, I think what the one of the best things about coaching is also the ability, and this is where it kind of is heaps better than like a book or learning like a course, is that yeah. you've got the temporal component of it, right? So you've got a coach yeah. who has knowledge, you can read a book which might have comparative knowledge, but what it doesn't do and what it can't do is go, you know right now, given the broader context of this is what you need to know, you know, it's like, yeah, you need to know chapter 13, page six, you know, whatever that, you yeah. know, like, in very specific. And yeah. so, and I think that's, yeah, I think, um, it's a really good point. So, I, let's come back to just your military experience, Ben. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. So, you went through, is it West Point? Is that where you, yeah, yeah okay, cool. So, you went through the West Point Academy there, you came out as an officer. What, what did like, how did that experience for you kind of inform or or show either learn or or delearn as it were? That's for one of the better words. That's a, a poor use of English there. But you know, where did it show you what was good and, and what's kind of weaker in terms of military culture?
0: Um, well, so for me, my experience in the military was incredibly positive. I I loved interacting with the soldier. So I learned very quickly that I didn't actually care about the army. I didn't actually care about the military. I didn't care about the the, the wars I didn't care about the awards I didn't care about the uniform what I cared most about was inter- interacting with the soldier and I think it's it's you know a function of me being a team sport athlete my entire life and just loving the dynamic of a team loving the support of, of a tight-knit community who are aligned in the direction of a singular goal. So for me the army was just one incredible leadership experience after another. I just I got incredibly lucky. From my first day in uniform, I was a leader of soldiers, and I did that for nearly seven years until I got out some injuries were the impetus for me leaving. And I'm and I'm really thankful that that happened because I started to learn very quickly that as you progress in rank and responsibility, your ability to touch the individual soldier goes away. And so the army was quickly becoming something that I wasn't really interested in participating in. Um, and so it's funny that I like leave the service and like then my job is basically army officer, but in the fitness context, you know, I'm like training people, coaching people, mentoring people the same way that I did in the military. Um, some of my closest friends. I just spent the morning with a with a mentor of mine from the time I was in the army, and he's building an incredible business, and like I'm working on building a business, and so now we're coming together again, and like you know, mentoring each other. He more than I, but you know, mentoring each other into into success on the other side in the civilian sector. And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't have enough good things to say about the army. I just I really enjoyed my time, but it opened me up to learn about different leadership styles learn about yeah. different types of individuals. I was pretty sheltered as a kid. I'm from the middle of America. I'm from Indiana. Everyone is generally the same. Everyone approaches the world generally the same way. And college and the army, the academy, and then in my active duty service time, I was exposed to so many different cultures, so many different experiences, You know, deploying and traveling the world. It just allowed me to see that like there's so much more out there and I am so insignificant. Um, and I think it was actually a really incredible... In my own journey as an opportunity to to see that, you know, maybe the way I showed up in the world wasn't the most sustainable. If we want to bring it back to sustainability, you know, partying way too much, you know, similar to your experience. Drugs and alcohol were a major part of my life, you know, while I was in uniform and and for the you know immediate future after. And I realized very quickly once I left the army that like that wasn't a sustainable means of functioning in the world. And so, you know, had I not had that, had I not had that intense of an experience. I don't know that I would be the person that I am today, yeah, and so a, I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly grateful.
1: Yeah, such an awesome perspective on the army. I think it's you know you hear a lot of negativity around it. I think it's a lot of people bag on it, but it's uh, yeah. Looking back, you know, I was there as an 18 year old, and yeah. I, I was just I was just naive. Period. You know about what the real world was like, and the army's yeah. culture, and and but when you get into civilian life and you kind of mature a little bit, you go, "Oh wow," you know, well, that lesson on discipline bloody hell, that's pretty, yeah. pretty helpful. <laughs> like, I mean, nothing, nothing informs, nothing
0: informs like lived experience. And so like, no, you know, had, had I not had that to reference, you know, in my life now, there are so many moments where I think back, I'm like, you know, my life, I, this is, I'll tell you two things. This is my be fun, but I'll tell you two things. So my first, I show up to my first platoon. I'm in Afghanistan. My boss is this commander who's been in, U.S. Army Special Forces for like 30 years. His name's Fred Dumar. And we sit down for my initial counseling and he looks at me and he says, I got two things for you. The first, it's going to be a request. He says, every month for the rest of your life, I want you to write your ideal day. He's like, start your day, start your month every month with your ideal day, write it in as much detail as possible and make it first person. And he was like, if each month you sit down to write that ideal day and you're no closer to it, then you're like seriously fucking up. And so he's like, you need to take active steps to like get yourself closer to that thing. And then he said, second, he goes, people's memories are short. Nobody's gonna remember who you are or what you said or what you did or any of that shit. People's memories are short. So just like do the thing that you think is best in the moment and then we'll sort the rest out later. And he was giving me a job that I like wasn't prepared for at the time. So this was like, that was his like, you know just navigate it on your own and we'll we'll figure out, we'll like take care of it if you screw something up. And I think about that now and it's like the beginning sentence of my ideal day for my entire time since that day in September of 2014. Uh, Has been, I wake up in my all white bedroom and I walk to the window, open the blinds and see the beach. And this morning, I woke up in my all white bedroom that's through that door behind me and I walked to the blinds and I opened them and I I saw the beach. And so it's like, I didn't, I'm not saying I manifested that, but I like was committed to like Mm -hmm. doing this really cool thing. And like, had I not had that conversation with that mentor at that time in the army, like who knows where I would be sitting today or how I would have like, you know, developed the future of my life. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's just like an insignificant moment that is like shaped how I view the world and how I've like shown up in the world, which I think is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's also like, it's certainly not the type of conversation, I think a lot of the external world as of the military, like that, that and no. it's, such a, it's such a nurturing, such a, and I think that's what people miss. I certainly know when I, there's such a, you know, they see the shouty-shouty, barky-barky kind of leadership styles on movies, yeah. et cetera. But more and more, especially the military leaders, we've had the pleasure of interviewing on here, they're actually they're like you know ninety percent of your time is in peacetime most mostly the time you know oh or, yeah or in a very chilled environment you know where... and a hundred hundred
0: percent of your time is interacting with people
1: yeah like people yeah. don't people don't do well getting
0: I don't know a single shouty person shouty. who does well yeah. getting shouted at
1: shouty shouty barky. yeah yeah agree no I'm with you and 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 yeah certainly not doesn't propagate a space of you know thinking about doesn't yeah doesn't propagate a space of mindfulness. Of relax and calm, like coming back to your ritual component, right? What that what that does is kind of winds people back. Where like I can imagine when you come off stage as a musician and you've had you know thousands of people, you know bouncing yeah. up and down and you know you've been screaming your lungs out, like you're gonna be charged, man. Like you you do yeah. not want to sleep. Much like an athlete when no. they've just competed in the Champions League final, like I'm. I don't know how those yeah. guys navigate being so charged up after that. And so yeah, really really powerful and I love the idea of ritual actually. It's kind of a bit woo woo. And I think that's, what's interesting and I'm intrigued just to maybe finish on that. So the people who are listening into this and gone, yeah, that's all good, Ben. Like that might be good for a high performing athlete. Sounds a bit like out of the box for me. Like
0: That's all all the more, all the more reason, all the more reason to try. This is something, this is something that I have developed in my own life. Being rigid has never gotten me like being what is the convictions loosely held is the thing that i think of The saying that the guy that i met for coffee this morning he said to me for the last 10 years it's like have your convictions believe in something but like also be open to it being wrong mm. or be open to it being not the best way for you mm. and um yeah so you know five years ago if you said ben you're going to be going to therapy weekly you're going to be microdosing psychedelic drugs for the rest of your life, you're going to be like getting in cold tubs every day. You're going to be doing breath work for an hour of your day. I'd be like, you're fucking high. I don't have time for that shit. I have work to do. And everything works until it doesn't. And I hit the wall and it, my MO didn't work anymore. Like I wasn't able to continue. And, you know, some situations are more grave than others. And like, you know, maybe you don't notice it that you're like operating at a, at a level less than you might be able to. But I think you talked about it calming down being able to step back feel into your body and like make active decisions in the direction of the future that you say that you want is the best gift you could ever give yourself and i think the more simple definition of that is like just self regulation just learning how to calm down in moments of stress or activation will make you a better leader make you a better partner to your friends and your you know romantic relationships it'll make you a better you know executive anything that you're trying to do just taking a second and taking a step back and calming down and acting from a place of abundance and gratitude is so it's like having done both it's so much better to be on the mm. on the latter on the form or the latter side on the on the more grateful side
1: and i think i think probably like to kind of round this out is really yeah like thinking about whatever you, whatever you're doing especially when it comes from a performance perspective thinking about Almost approaching it like you are an athlete of some description, because I'd say For sure. most people, most people listening to this in particular, would have a domain of excellence or domain, at least a focus, right? Yeah, and that might be, you know, it might be work, it might be family, it might be something, and yeah. and I think bringing that mindset, bringing that okay, optimized performance, and that's what I love about this, that minimum effective dosage. I think it's really yeah. like stop doing too much, and there is a line where effectiveness is is actually. You get a really good return from it yeah so ben where can people like i love your ethos where can people yeah. reach you from here if they kind of resonated with what we've talked about today
0: yeah i'm active on social media so my social media handles are ben v smith b-e-n-v-e-s-m-i-t-h cool. i have a training app so my intention for this year was to be more public with my work my entire coaching life has been word of mouth and referral based and Part of that is because it's like terrifying to step out and be like, Hey, look, I do this thing. And it's a little bit different than how a lot of people do the thing. And so like, yeah, I'm setting myself up to be, you know, a punching bag, which I guess is cool. But, uh, but I was committed, and I stepped into the discomfort of being more public in my work. So I released an app about four months ago. And the focus of that app is resistance training first. Um, and so it's, you know, that's my bias, because that's my experience. But it's, you know, um. training programs, it's called train with Ben, you can access it at train or via any of my social media platforms. There's also a breathwork and mindset component there. And it's a really low cost, easily accessible way to just like implement a little bit of resistance training into your life. More than, you know, more than anything else. It's just an opportunity for me to interact with more people. Um, And then I also I also have a more executive level coaching program where that's like a higher touch, probably for like more of your listeners, but people who have really, you know, been obsessed with a singular domain of their life, like often, it's professional. So I, a lot of my clients at the moment are, you know, 40 to 60 years old, they've dedicated their entire adult lives to being dominant in, in their field. And now they're aging and they're like, oh my God, I'm 45 and I've neglected my health for the last 25 years. And so we're trying to regain a little bit of control of their wellness. And that could be in the form of more mindset work. It often incorporates resistance training, a little bit more intentional navigation of, of nutrition. And uh, and then ultimately, hopefully, like an athlete, just a higher level of performance in all of the domains of your life.
1: Yeah. Extraordinary. Ben. So, awesome. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll put some links in the in the, in the notes show notes here sweet below. but um now ben look, really appreciate you having the courage to step out put yourself out there certainly yeah thanks dude. That, but also leading light i think you know it's um yeah almost in some regards like a lighthouse because you kind of you've been there you've kind of climbed the jagged rocks and yeah. there's an opportunity to kind of let people know that <laughs> it's not yeah it's not not so great over here it's, there's, there's a different way so yeah just,
0: really, just remember mo- more is not better Better is better. That's the whole
1: thing. It's a perfect place to leave it. (laughs) Thanks, Ben.